And when I don't take breaks, like I'm not as productive, you know, and I, I have this mindset that, well, I need to work whenever I have time to work. You know, I need to get my homework done. I need to write these papers. But if you're not taking breaks, then you're going to burn out and you're going to get distracted and you're going to fall asleep in the sixth floor of the humanities building. to another episode of Never Wear Boring Socks. I'm Maria Ramsey. And I'm Anna Barnard. And this week, we are talking about healthy ways that we can work and create. And speaking of creative things, creating things, we wanted to remind you again that if you haven't checked out a new website, we have a new website that Woo-hoo! I spent quite a while creating. And we'd love for you to check it out. And if you want to get in touch with us, that's a good place to do it. The URL is neverwhereboringsocks.com. And you can also find us on the social medias. We're on Instagram and Facebook at neverwhereboringsocks and on Twitter at noboringsocks. And speaking of socks, Anna, what socks are you wearing today? I am wearing a pair of socks that have some plants on them. They're nice and green. They have a little dude on them. I don't really... He's kind of like an amorphous being. <laughs> Can't, he just has like some arms and a little face. And he says, plants get me. And I chose I like these socks. socks. Yes, they're good ones. I chose them because it's finally gotten very green here in the past week or so. Everything kind of popped. Um... And it's starting to feel more summery. We're still getting there. Yesterday was like 44 degrees out, which is a little <laughs> unpleasant. But we're getting it's a there. chilly for May. Yes, we're getting there. And it is greener. And so I'm feeling more connected to plant life at the moment. Cool. Yes. I like that because I just in March started a nine-month herbal apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. So I've been spending a lot more time paying attention to plants. And I do feel like plants get me, so I appreciate that message. (laughs) What socks are you wearing, Maria? My socks probably don't appear very exciting. They may appear boring, but you can't always tell by appearances. Sometimes there's more than meets the eye to something. It's true. Which is the case for these socks. They're, They're kind of like active hiking socks. They're kind of brownish. And they're like really squishy and comfy. And I'm wearing them because I went for a walk this morning. Oh, that's Because nice. here also it's starting to feel like spring. It actually is quite warm right now. And it's green and planty. And it was just really lovely to be able to go out for a walk this morning. Nice. So my socks are reminding me of that. Good. And I'm I wore glad. these socks because they're comfy for walking in in sneakers. That's the end of that story. I forgot that piece. (laughs) Very nice. So this week we're talking about how we can create things or work in a healthy way. And something we wanted to start with 
was the image of the starving artist, which we have discussed multiple times in various episodes. And this is kind of the antithesis of a healthy creative process, essentially. Um, someone who is sacrificing things for their art, not having the resources to take care of themselves. And we, I think sometimes that idea is kind of glorified. And oh, we definitely. want to, yeah. And we want to kind of change the conversation and say that what should be being glorified is healthy, creative work. Agreed. And I think like, this is a myth that's so embedded in our collective psyche that it's kind of hard to get away from. But one thing that helps me kind of get away from it is that it's like seeing so many examples of artists who are not starving. Right. Because there are a lot of really successful artists and I th- of all kind of art forms. And I think, like, especially now with the internet, there's so many creative ways that you can be financially successful as an artist if you want to make your art your career there's a lot of different ways to do that that are more accessible than maybe they were in the past when it wasn't so easy to make a website or start an Instagram page for example and it's also very possible to have a day job or a part-time job that's financially supporting your art so either way you can make yourself a successful not starving artist yeah definitely and two resources i just wanted to shout out while we're on this topic if you are someone who does want to make your art your career two resources that i've found helpful in terms of this are one Corey huff and the abundant artist that's the name of his website and his kind of projects that he works on and he has some online courses that I haven't taken, but he also has some free blog posts on his website that are super helpful. And also he has a book that I think is called How to Sell Your Art Online. That was definitely an interesting and helpful read. And then I've also been really enjoying this podcast called Creative Pep Talk with Andy J. Pizza. <laughs> I think pizza is not his real name. It's Andy J. Miller, but his like online persona his last name's pizza <laughs> i think you would enjoy this podcast anna i okay. think of you sometimes when i'm listening to it i'll have to look but into he it. talks yeah he has a lot of sort of creative solutions and approaches for how to make your creativity your, your career and be strategic and also authentic with your okay. creative work which i really appreciate That's so very just cool. wanted to throw those out there while we're on the topic for sure So before we get into what creating in a healthy way looks like, why do you think, Maria, that creating in a healthy way is important? This is something that is very near and dear to my heart. And the first time I really thought about this idea has been like percolating in my mind and my heart for quite a while now because it's sort of at the heart of a lot of the things that I do and a lot of things that I'm passionate about. But it was first articulated to me by an astrologer who pointed out something in my chart that she was like, it looks like you're interested, like something that you might want to have an impact in is like, what does healthy work look like? And I was like, yes, 
that's exactly <laughs> what I want to talk about and like where I want to have an impact, um, especially in terms of creative work. And I think it's important because I don't think we can really create as meaningful or effective art if we're not taking care of ourselves in the process. Like if you're sacrificing your health or your physical, mental, emotional needs in order to create your work, I think the work is going to suffer. And I think you're going to suffer. You're not going to be as satisfied. And I just think you'll burn out. Mm. Definitely. We don't, we don't want artists to burn out. That's not, (laughs) that's not why we make art. Yeah. Well, this is a really good point. It's making me think of the idea of kind of like the trends regarding like self-care and self-love right now. And the idea that in order to love someone else, you need to love yourself. Um, And I feel like there's this idea that if you're going to be creative and put energy into something that you need to first take care of yourself in order to be able to actually make that piece of work authentic and effective And I think when we actually take care of ourselves, we can create more authentic pieces of work that articulate who we are better, what we actually want our art to look like and sound like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up that idea of how important it is to take care of our work, because if not, we and the work itself are going to suffer as well. It's kind of like Mm -hmm. a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And I also I think that like it's still possible to create from a place of working in an unhealthy way again I think you burn out faster that way Mm -hmm. but I also think it's like what like what are you sharing with your art like what kind of messages and energy are you sharing through your art if you're coming from a place of burnout and illness or being unwell Yeah. And that doesn't mean like you have to be perfectly healthy and fabulous at all times to create art that resonates with people. Right. That's a good point. Which I think is an important point. But I, I think if you're like taking care of yourself, whatever that means to you, I think that's going to come through in your art and encourage other people also to take care of themselves. And I think your art is more likely to be able to uplift and inspire others. Right. Yeah. No, I think there's a common conception that if we're going to make good art, then we need to kind of like throw ourselves into it and sacrifice other things for the sake of it, you know, like be spending like this much time on it so that it will be this certain product or thing. But I think it is important to acknowledge that when we actually spend time on ourselves rather than completely dedicating ourselves to the art that that like rubs off on the creative process you know and it actually makes the art more of what you want it to be yeah and this is making me think of something speaking of creative pep talk podcast the episode that I was listening to yesterday he was talking about this concept of like if you want people to resonate with your work and like follow along with what you're doing, you have to be taking them to a place that they want to go. And like, if you're in a place of like despair and not sleeping and just like not feeling good, 
like, do you really want to take people there with you? Right. Maybe. That's not what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a really helpful outlook, I think. Um, yeah, it was a really to, interesting perspective. Yeah, like, that's a helpful perspective to frame yourself when you're thinking about how to create in a healthy way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a great transition to our discussion of how to create in a healthy way. Right. What does that actually look like? <laughs> I mean, one of my main things, I feel like there's some basics that we can meet, and then there's some other things that can layer on top of it, but like sleep. That's a good one. Good. <laughs> you know, no matter whether it's creative work or academic work or career work or whatever. You know, everything, you feel better, you're able to be more effective and productive when you get enough sleep. I think that's just such like a a baseline thing that we can do to make ourselves mm, healthier, more productive. But also, sometimes it's so hard to do. You know, it seems so easy, but then we live in a society where things are just so busy and hectic all the time and we overload mm-hmm. ourselves, you know? And so that idea of sleep kind of like goes out the window, but that's one of the best things you can do for yourself. I agree. And we've talked about this a little bit before this idea of like, we get so into like, what are all the fancy practices and right. products that I can add into my life to make myself healthier and happier and everything. But it's like, and then we forget about the basic things like sleeping enough and drinking water <laughs> Oh my gosh. All this kind of stuff. But sleep, I agree with you. I think that's really foundational in just like making sure that you're able to function at a level where you can create things that are worth sharing or like create things that are satisfying or even just feel okay about life. I notice such a strong correlation between sleep and my mood. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like sometimes when I'm having a really terrible day and I just I'm like, why is everything going terribly? I don't know why I'm doing anything. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's because I only got this many hours of sleep last night. I'm actually fine. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Yeah. There is something something quite magical about uh, being well rested. There is. And I think you're right to what you said about it seems like it should be easy, but it's actually not really that easy, yeah. which maybe is sometimes why we overlook it. But I think it's important to recognize what you need to get a good night's sleep. Like maybe mm. you need to start winding down really, really early. Maybe you need to turn off your screens. Maybe you need to drink a cup of chamomile tea or smell your essential oils or whatever your bedtime thing is that's a good point yeah right and well i think too the reason why sometimes maybe we look for all those other like wellnessy practices is because we almost think the sleep thing is like too easy yeah we're like oh we we must have to do something other than just get enough sleep you know but then when we actually (laughs) when we actually try to get enough sleep or whatever then it becomes much harder than we think it is and I think that's a really good acknowledgement that sleep is also a really individualized thing and that everyone needs something different to be able to sleep well, too. Mm-hmm. It's not and just think, getting to bed at the correct time. Right, right. And some people are going to have harder time falling asleep than others, and that's okay. Yeah. And I think you just need to understand that about yourself. Like, that's something that I've been more accepting of myself recently, the fact that I really do need to start winding down 
very early. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It sounds a little bit ridiculous sometimes when people want to hang out at 8 p.m. And I'm like, "Mm, I think I need to start getting ready for bed. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Right. Like I need I need a good hour plus to wind down before I can actually sleep. Right. Yeah. Well, and also recognizing that there is an advantage to not only sleeping, but also just resting. Yes. Um, and so Definitely. whether that be laying in your bed with your eyes open at 12 a.m. because you can't go to sleep. I mean, you're still resting your body. You know, you're laying down. Mm-hmm. Um, you could listen to a meditation or a podcast or something while you try to go to bed. But also during the creative process, you know, taking breaks, taking rests, if that's going for a walk or getting a snack or drinking some water or whatever, that can make all the difference in avoiding burnout and mm-hmm. kind of like being fried in your creative process. Yes, definitely. And I think this is important to think about on a kind of daily moment to moment basis, as well as a more macro, like long term basis, because definitely when you're creating, you need to take breaks during the actual act of creating, like instead of drawing for hours and hours and hours, which can happen if you're really absorbed in your creative work. I definitely do that where I like forget to pee and I forget to eat and (laughs) we'll just like sit for a long time until my feet are asleep. And I have to remind myself to get up and do other things and move my body and eat things. But also we were talking, Anna and I were talking before we started recording about the importance of just taking breaks in life sometimes Mm. for a moment like if you're coming off of a period of being really busy sometimes you need to pause and reflect before you jump into the next thing like maybe before you really dedicate yourself to the next creative project you need a moment to reflect and actually let yourself rest and let yourself decide what is actually best for you to work on next yeah. As opposed to just going, going, going to the next thing just because you feel like you need another thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like Maria said, like this is pretty relevant for us right now as we're transitioning out of school and various jobs and things like that and moving into the summer. I mean, listening to your body and your mind and also just changing of the seasons and things like that when you need some sort of break and it seems like a good time to do that, then if you have the resources to take that break, then, you know do that because it's important yeah and even if it's like if it's not feasible for you to like go on a vacation or a treat for a while or quit your job for a while you can I think there are ways that you can invite that time for pausing and reflecting into your day-to-day life like maybe try not to schedule things in the evening after work for a week and just give yourself time to relax or yeah. something like that. That's a that's a really good point. Yeah. There's always always some sort of way where you can kind of insert breaks into your life, hopefully, you know, if things aren't too busy. I I think it just is about being intentional about those things, which mm-hmm. I think is this is one of the things that's so hard for me about uh ideas such as like how do you create in a healthy way because I think we, we've talked about this before, you know, we talk about all these various ways that we can be healthy and we can be creative, but 
at the end of the day, you have to back it up with being intentional about how to implement those things. And that's, you know, that's true for any sort of uh, thing that you're motivated to do. Um, but yeah, when, when life is busy, sometimes you actually have to be intentional about taking breaks and relaxing, mm-hmm. which seems counterintuitive. But I learned that the hard way this past semester, you yeah. know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, and when I don't take breaks, like I'm not as productive, you know, and I, I have this mindset right. that, well, I need to work whenever I have time to work. You know, I need to get my homework done. I need to write these papers. But if you're not taking breaks, then you're going to burn out and you're going to get distracted and you're going to fall asleep in the sixth floor of the humanities <laughs> building. Uh oh. <laughs> you know? So, uh. and then, that, and then, you know, you're not getting anything done because you're asleep. But which is good right. because. You know, it all comes back to the idea that sleep, sleep is good, <laughs> right? Sleep it's come full circle. Exactly. <laughs> I can say that I experienced that last part, <laughs> but <laughs> I have been learning that lesson also that you don't always need to be working. Like just because you have a moment where you could be working doesn't mean that that's necessarily the most effective or even productive way to spend your time. Right. Sometimes in order to be productive, you need to give yourself a break. Right. Five minutes between things. Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes it's important to rethink the idea of productivity because with productivity, there's this association with production, you know, like constantly creating and producing some sort of work is what we see as productive but sometimes productivity is like coming up with ideas while you're relaxing Mm -hmm. you know or like thinking about things or taking a break so that you can create things later on and i think just kind of reorienting our brains around that idea of productivity i know that's something that i really need to do because again i just can get so caught up in the idea that like if i'm not producing things that i can see that has been a result of my work then it doesn't feel like I'm being productive at all, you know, and then I have to keep working instead of taking a break and reevaluating and thinking about how is the best way to go about doing this. Yeah. And I also think in terms of making good creative work, I think it's really valuable to take time away from that creative work to live your life and like Mm -hmm. gather material for your creative work. Because I think the more of yourself and your life experience you you can put into your work, the more it's going to resonate with people. Oh, yeah. And the more deep and interesting it's going to be. But if you're always working and you're not doing anything else, where are you going to get the material for what you're doing? Right. That's like taking time for reflection and self growth and self inquiry. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Sometimes just like living your everyday life is where you get the best ideas. Right. Or where, yeah. I mean, and so I think, again, looking at productivity in different ways, you know, going out to eat with my friends instead of working on my drawing, like maybe that will be, maybe that's productive in a way that working on the drawing wouldn't have been, you know, because then you experience something that you can later that later informs your art or whatever. You know, I think that's just a super helpful way of thinking about things. And I know I just put a lot of pressure on myself to produce things and, you know, use my time wisely. And sometimes like things come up or you just need to take a break or you want to go out and do things with people and seeing that not as something that distracts from your productivity, but as something that could promote it, I think is 
a really helpful way of being more healthy and, and creating things. Mm-hmm. And you brought up the idea of maybe spending time with friends instead of not instead of, but in addition to spending time on your creative work, like maybe that can be an important part of your creative process, too. Mm-hmm. And that was something else I wanted to talk about. Was yeah. Into um, like something else to consider when you're thinking about how to work on your creative work in a healthy way is to balance the amount of time that you're socializing and by yourself. And a lot of times this looks like working on your creative work is very isolating because you're sitting in a room like writing your novel or painting your painting for hours and hours and you haven't seen anybody all day. Right. (laughs) And so sometimes it can be really healthy to take a break and socialize and see other people. Yeah, that's a really good point. No, sometimes creative work can be really fulfilling, but can it also feel really isolating if it's just, yeah. you know, if you're just like working on this one thing by yourself at your desk. Um, and that's a really good point. I think that can be super rejuvenating um, and healthy to take breaks with people you love. Yeah. And depending on your personality, you might need more of a reminder to do this. Mm, yeah. Like I know for myself as an I consider myself a very social introvert in that I I do feel like I recharge best when I'm by myself and I'm very happy to spend time by myself a lot of the time, but I also really enjoy being with people. So I like sometimes have to remind myself to go out and see people because I'm happy to be by myself, but overall I'm happier if I have more social time that right. I might just automatically give myself. And I think that can be true. I think a lot of creatives are introverts also. I don't know if necessarily any more than our extroverts, but I know that a lot of people are maybe drawn to drawing or writing or writing music as sort of a solo activity. Right. To some extent. Yeah, that's a good point. But I think also, conversely, if you're working on a a collaborative creative project, if you feel yourself like too overwhelmed by other people's ideas or energy or just being around other people too much. It's good to take a break to be alone. Cause that's also useful. Yeah. That's a really helpful point as well, because that's the thing. Sometimes creativity isn't just sitting at a desk and writing a novel or something like that. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be a very collaborative work, which can sometimes be very fulfilling, but also super draining. Yeah. So I know for me, I, you know, at the end of, I just got home last night from my semester at school and I personally am feeling like very socially burnt out, you know, and sometimes you just need to take a break from people and recharge on your Mm -hmm. own, you know, things like that. (laughs) And so, yeah, totally. That's, that's a super helpful point. Yeah. Is there anything else, any other points you wanted to talk about in terms of what does creative work look like? Yeah, there's just a couple other things. I think one thing that we've talked about in the past is the idea of space and how to use our creative spaces well. And I think that can be important when creating in a healthy way, too, because getting enough airflow wherever you are, you know, like being able to look out a window, Mm -hmm. um, sunlight, right? Yeah. (laughs) Sitting at a desk so your back doesn't hurt or whatever. Right. I mean, those are really important. 
also being in a place where the sound level is helpful for you. You know, like, do you need to mm-hmm. create in a coffee shop where you can hear people around you? Like, does that give you a little less sense of isolation or do you need to be in a room with complete silence? You know, right. things like that. And that's a very individual thing. But I think it's important to check in with ourselves to make sure we're creating in a space that is conducive to creativity. And I know for me, that's been a really hard thing for me to figure out, um, especially because sometimes I'm at school and don't have time to create as much. And then I come home and I have more time to create, but I'm not used to being at home as much. So then I have a hard time, you know, designating specific creative spaces where I can actually be productive and get work done, you know? And so being, being thoughtful and intentional about what might work for you and also being open to the idea that multiple creative spaces might work and some days one space will work and other days another space won't work you know it's not just about like mm-hmm. i have found my space and right. now i am done to the end of time <laughs> yeah like there i think that's a process that you can continue working on and some days you might need one thing and sometimes you might need another but i think that's just something that's really important to keep in mind yeah i agree i think environment makes a big difference in terms of our health and well-being and also our creativity yeah because what we're surrounded by and what we're kind of taking in through our senses influences our creative work and also can really influence how drained or burnt out or energized or refreshed we feel so i'm glad that you brought that up yeah that's definitely something that i haven't figured out either right it's we've talked about this a little bit before too it's hard if you're living in a shared space where maybe you only have a room to yourself, really, or a part of a room to yourself, and you don't want to, like, take up half of a shared living room <laughs> with all your art projects yeah. or whatever. So it's been kind of challenging, and I am I want to spend some time this summer thinking about creative solutions for that. So I'll update everybody if I make some progress. <laughs> Please do. Yes. And then one more thing that I think is arguably one of the most important things to consider when we're trying to create in a healthy way is just making sure that you're checking in with yourself and you're not putting too much pressure on yourself and that you're allowing yourself to make mistakes. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think this is the biggest thing for me is a lot of times I'll come home for the summer and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I have so much time to write and crochet and all this stuff. And so therefore I need to be productive with my time. But Mm -hmm. also summer is a time to relax and spend time with people. And, you know, when I'm not productive, then I beat myself up about it. You know, we've talked about this before. Right. Um, And so I think part of the creative process is just meeting yourself where you're at and being okay with whatever you're doing on whatever day. And obviously if there's something that is impeding you, from being creative, you know, like if you're way too distracted by social media and you're doing that instead of creating, then maybe you need to like delete your social media apps for a while. You know, like there are Mm -hmm. things you can do, but sometimes you also just don't have to create all the time, you know, and and just be okay with it and just live your life. Um, And that's something that I am constantly trying to work on. And that's one of my goals this summer is just to be more chill about that kind of stuff and be in the present mm-hmm. moment more. Yeah. And also being okay with the fact that not everything you make, you're 
gonna love. Yeah. Like some of it you might think is terrible. And I think that's okay. And just cutting yourself some slack and not feeling, not putting the pressure on yourself that everything you make has to be amazing. Yeah. Well, and also try not to kind of conform to certain or live up to certain stereotypes about Mm -hmm. the art that you're doing. Um, Because everyone's art process is their own individual. And I know as a person that I would like to consider myself a writer one day. And I think I do consider myself a writer now, but you know, there's a lot of people who say like, well, if you're a writer, then you have to write this much each day Mm. or whatever, you know, or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, don't let that distract you or negate your identity, you know, or, or distract you from doing your work. I think that's just super unhelpful and just being confident in what you're creating and what you're doing and keeping, like, you know, keep checking in with yourself about where you want your art to be going and what you want to be doing with it. But at the end of the day, just, like, make sure you're taking care of yourself because that's what's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is really important to check in with yourself and sort of your, like, what do you want to get out of this process? And how much are you kind of taking in other people's expectations or hopes for you and making sure that's that's not overshadowing what you actually care about and what you value. Yeah. Which can be challenging sometimes, especially because we do have all these preconceived notions about what a writer is or what a writer or a artist or a musician and what they do and how they spend their time. But I think you're right. I think everyone's process can be individual and you can define your identity however it feels right to you. Yeah, of course. So one other thing that I know we wanted to talk about is the idea of motivation and inspiration and how this relates to healthy working. So what do you think, Anna? Do you think it's healthy to wait for inspiration to strike? Do you think it's healthy to push through when you're feeling unmotivated or is there a happy medium somewhere? Yeah, this is a really good question and something that I, I think everyone struggles with. And I think, I think I agree with the idea that if we wait for inspiration to strike, then we'll never really, you know, then we'll maybe create like one great thing because we'll have like, mm-hmm. what, you know, <laughs> you know, like we don't know when the inspiration is going to happen. If we really want to be creating it's not always helpful to just be waiting for that to come. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it can be really unproductive sometimes to keep forcing yourself to create when you feel really uninspired. Because I think something that's so magical about creativity is there is that idea of inspiration behind it. And I think that can be really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think, I also think it's important to not get discouraged when we're not having those sources of sources of inspiration all the time and maybe instead of if you're not feeling inspired maybe instead of pushing through a work going and searching for things that might be inspiring to you or like doing some more research that'll help with your thing but not necessarily working directly on it in a way that's just feeling Mm -hmm. you're making you feel more burnt out you know um Mm -hmm. i don't know if you have any insights into this because this is this is so tough i feel like you know I feel like it's the, yeah. the age-old question for us. We talked about the idea of sort of creating consistent 
routines Mm. around your art and around your different art forms. And I do think it is important to have some kind of routine and structure and like actually carve out the time to do your work, even if you're not always feeling super inspired to do it. I went to this conference recently for children's book writers and illustrators, and Jane Yolen spoke at it, and she's a really prolific children's author and poet, and she, I think she has almost, she's going to have like 400 books published by the end of this year or something ridiculous. (laughs) Um, And one thing that she talked about that's like one of her things that she likes to mention is B-I-C or butt in chair. Meaning you need to put yourself in the place and just do the work. Yeah. Even if you don't always feel like doing it every day. And I think that is really valuable advice, especially considering how prolific she's been. I think she knows what she's talking about. (laughs) Yeah. But also I think... I think you're right that if we just kind of wait for inspiration to strike, we're not really ever going to get anything done. Yeah. So I think you have to put yourself in a position, whether that's with a butt in a chair or whether that's at a standing desk, perhaps, or whatever your chosen places for creating. I think you have to like make the time and get yourself there and at least like intend to work on something. And maybe you write something that's terrible and you come up with nothing great that day. But if you build that routine and you spend that time working on your craft, I think eventually if that's something that you are really motivated to do and something you really do want to do and you have some inclination toward, I think you'll get somewhere helpful eventually. Yeah. Well, this is making me think of the idea of like the shitty rough draft. Mm-hmm. You know, where people are like, you have Which to is write. A thing. Right, right. <laughs> and some people are like, no, you're trying too hard. Like, don't write a good rough. You know, some people actually advocate, you know, write the bad rough draft so that you can get all your ideas out and kind of like their purest oh, yeah. form and then be able to edit it and add to it, you know. But sometimes that's just the first step that needs to be taken and that's okay. That was definitely true for me. Anytime I'm writing sort of a like a paper or letter, some more formal thing that maybe I don't feel inspired to write. I definitely just have to get something out on paper right. first before I can sort of refine it and make it into something presentable. And then I was also thinking about this one poem that I wrote recently. I am part of this writing group, which has been really helpful because it does get my butt in the chair to write once a week for however long we write for like an hour, I think. And then it's an added motivation that we share our work after the end of that hour. So I feel some pressure to write something by the end of that hour. So I, I'm writing for that whole time to like, hopefully come up with something that I can share at the end, even if it's not perfect, which it usually isn't perfect. But there was this time several weeks ago that was just a really interesting example of this topic that we've been talking about. I feel like I was writing and writing for most of an hour and everything I was writing was just bad. And I was like, I really don't want to read this to anybody. It's going to be kind of embarrassing. (laughs) Um, But I just like kept going and kept scratching stuff out and I would get frustrated with one thing or it wasn't even frustrated. I was I was in a good place mentally, but 
I just like had to go on to another thing when something wasn't working. And I finally, near the end of the hour, this poem just like appeared seemingly out of nowhere. And I wrote it in like 10 minutes. And it was, I don't want to say perfect because (laughs) I don't know if it is, but there was nothing that I felt I needed to change about it. It just like came out. All the words were exactly where I wanted them. And I, I wouldn't have gotten there without spending that time writing all the shitty rough drafts that did not make it to a good, (laughs) a good end draft. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's and it was completely different than all the stuff I had started writing, but it just kind of showed up. Yeah, that's a super great example. Yeah, I think it's just a good reminder to all of us to, you know, creating bad stuff, quote unquote, bad stuff can be, again, another form of productivity and creativity, Yeah, you know, because it leads to other good stuff. to end this episode with a concrete plan to each figure out a way to cultivate a routine where we're working on a creative work in a healthy way and implement some kind of routine or practice around our creative work that is encouraging healthy creativity for the next month we're going to commit to this thing and we encourage all of our creative soul listeners to come along with us on this journey and let us know what you chose to hopefully this episode gave you some ideas of maybe things that you might want to implement. So Anna, do you have a plan for what you want to do going forward for the next month? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think one thing that I want to do is start working on the draft of my novel that I wrote last summer again, because Mm -hmm. my year got really busy and I haven't worked on it since like November which makes me sad because it's been a while. Yeah. So I want to get back into that, but I want to do it in a way that I'm not putting pressure on myself for it to be a certain way. You know, coming back to a work can be difficult. Um, and so doing it in a way where I'm still feeling creative and enjoying it um, and and making some progress, but not feeling like I have to to get to a certain point at a certain time, you know, but just like chipping away at in a consistent Mm -hmm. manner. And so I think I'm going to try to make a game plan for that and how, what that might look like in the coming week or so, and then start implementing that. Yeah. What about you? A game plan for kind of how to make it more consistent in your routine. Yeah. Yeah. And what that's going to look like. And last summer was so much just like getting words on paper. And now I Mm -hmm. think I need to do more conceptual work character building things like that you know like starting to rewrite scenes things like that um and so again just maybe brainstorming in a way that might not look like productivity once again but Mm -hmm. knowing that that's actually going to inform my writing later on yeah yeah how about you maria i think i have so many ideas for things i want to implement but i think i need to pick one thing (laughs) (laughs) and not overwhelm myself. I think I want to what I want to commit to for the next month is to 
give myself a regular block of time, at least a couple of times a week to really focus on my creativity. Um, I think that would be really helpful for me. And one thing that I would like to implement in terms of making this a healthy creative work routine is I would like to implement some movement before mm. I start working. I think especially dance for me is super helpful in getting me in a place where I am feeling a little flowier and freer and ready to create and just like put stuff on the page. So yeah, that's my plan to pick a couple mornings, probably mornings a week to dance a little bit, move my body and then spend some time working on my creative projects and not, not worry too much about the end result right now. Cause I think that's what I need right now. Creatively. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel too. Nice. That sounds lovely. So, yeah. So anyone listening, if you want to join us and commit to some routine or practice for the next month, we would love to hear about it. So you can get in touch with us on social media. Send us an email, neverwearboringsocks at gmail.com. You can also join our Facebook group and talk to and other creative group. souls. That's right. And we have a Facebook group. Yeah, that's a great way to kind of keep each other accountable too if you want to work on this with multiple people get in touch with other people who are listening we would love to hear from all of you do you have a quote for us today anna i do have a quote for us this quote is by arthur kestler and he says creative activity is a type of learning process where the teacher and pupil are located in the same individual Hmm. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and the reason why I picked that for today was because I think it speaks to the complexity of the creative process and in a, in a way that helps us be maybe easier on ourselves. Because I think sometimes we think of the creative process as, you know, we just need to sit down and do it and work on it and it's all up to us or whatever. But I think recognizing that it's a learning process where you're teaching yourself, but you're also learning puts it in a perspective where you recognize that this is such a kind of what's the word I'm looking for an evolutionary process where you, it's never going to be the same one day or another. Some days you're going to fill the teacher role and some days you're going to fill the student role, you know, and so one way to be healthier about it is allowing yourself to fit into those roles when you need to, you know, and recognizing mm -hmm. when when you need to take charge more and when you kind of just need to learn and figure some things out and being easy on yourself because it's hard to fill multiple roles at once. And I think it's I think it's really important to recognize that the creative process is kind of a unique situation where you are having to balance multiple roles, you know? And so I think that's a good way for us to remind, remind each other and ourselves that we can go easy on ourselves and be healthy about this and treat ourselves in a way that nourishes both, both teacher and pupil. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. That's a really interesting way of articulating this creative situation. And I like it. And I, I 
agree with what you said. So yeah, I think it is really important to give yourself the opportunity, allow yourself to be just learning and making mistakes and also to trust yourself as an authority figure enough to trust that you have something to share. I think both of those are really important Mm -hmm. aspects of creating in a healthy way. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening this week and special thank yous go to Ben Ramsey, the cheese beast for meticulously editing our audio and to Martha Barnard for her melodious mandolin music. Please leave us a rating and review on iTunes if you're enjoying the podcast. It gives us important feedback and helps other people find the podcast too, which is very helpful. And until next week, never wear boring socks. Yeah. Thanks for reminding us all about that, Anna. Of course. No!